Welcome to the Evolve and Elevate podcast. My name's Samantha, and I'm here to help you ladies stop repeating the same behaviors and learn how to build the habits you need to finally lose the weight for good and uncover your badass self. If you feel stuck and overwhelmed with all the information out there, I'm gonna be dropping five specific episodes a week to help you gain the clarity you need in order to rebuild that confidence, get strong, and heal your relationship with food so you can finally build the body of your dreams. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Evolve and Elevate podcast. I hope you're having the best day. Um, So today what we're talking about is logical fallacies. So this is why you're unable to break the habit loops with food and exercise. And we're going to be talking a little bit about certain things that we believe to be true that might not actually be true, but we have a hard time distinguishing the two between our mindset and actually what's going on. Okay, so right now, if you're kind of having that connection where there's certain foods that you feel like you can or can't eat, you feel like there are certain things um, in terms of exercise, like beliefs that you think are true, but you kind of know that they're not you're like, ah, like, I just keep believing these things. But I also am not really sure why I believe these things. And I keep I keep just acting in alignment with them, because I don't know how to break that habit, then this podcast is for you. Okay. And so the reason why this is important is because we have these things called logical fallacies. And so when we have these are things like, you know, someone takes steroids, okay, so this is a really good example, someone takes steroids, Maybe they're in bodybuilding for forever. You know, every time you see their page, they're like this fit fitness model. They're like probably barely eating anything, but that's besides the point. And all of a sudden they go and they rep a protein brand. Okay. So all of a sudden they're a protein sponsor. You know, they're like, this brand is the best thing in the entire world, blah, 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 blah. You are now associating that their results are a, are a result of that protein brand, right? The same thing goes with like when you guys do like those workouts, like I kind of hate posting like workouts for people to follow, but I'll post my workouts every so often. But it's like, you know, when you see those like workouts, and you're like, Oh, if I want to look like that, I need to work out in that way. And most of the time, ladies, like most of those influencers don't actually do those workouts, they're doing them, because they know that's what like other people need. That's not what they're doing. So for a lot of them, like a really good example is there's a few influencers, I'm not gonna throw them out. But they're always promoting like at home programs. And I'm looking at their muscle mass. I'm like, you didn't get that with 10 pound weights. Like you didn't get that with 20 pound weights, right? Like, realistically, they stay lean with nutrition or genetics, because some people are just like, you know, leaner individuals, we all know those few ladies that were like, you know, you're five foot one, you're 110 pounds soaking wet, even after having kids. And like, you're just always gonna be 110 pounds. Like, that's cool. But at the same time, that's not necessarily like the person that you want to be like, Oh, how did you say that lean, because they're naturally going to be there. Now I'm not saying that people aren't qualified to help you. I'm just saying that you need to remember this when you see it, because a lot of the times we look at it, and we're like, that's what I want to look like. That means I have to do those workouts and eat those supplements. But that doesn't necessarily mean be true. And even if you followed those workouts, you would still look differently. Okay, another great idea or another example of a logical fallacy is like free weights versus machines or whole foods versus supplements, weight training training versus cardio, steady state versus hit training, things like that. It, they basically force you to perceive like a certain choice as like appropriate choice. So for example, if I want to lose weight, I need to do cardio because last time I did cardio, I lost a bunch of weight. You see how these come up. Um, another really good one is like, 
you know, um, deadlifts cause your back pain, that kind of stuff. Or yeah, like just you guys get the idea. Okay, so that's kind of like what we're talking about today. And so the thing is, is that like most in most of these cases, like correlation, the biggest thing that I'm trying to say today is like correlation doesn't mean causation. Okay. And so the reason why you're unable to break these habit loops with food and exercise is because you have different correlations, but it's not the actual root cause, but you don't know anything different. So then you like look up, for example, like if I Google tone up, I'm going to get a very different answer than if I look up like build muscle and lose fat, right? But building muscle and losing fat is what you actually want to do, but you only know it is toned up. So sometimes limited knowledge or education on a topic is going to kind of get you stumped because you're not going to know what to look up. And then you end up in the rabbit hole of TikTok on detox teas and bullshit like band trainings and all these kind of stuff. But you think it's right because that's all that's coming up on your page because that's all you're searching, right? And so it's very hard to break habit loops because when you constantly have it ingrained in your head, even from past experience, right? Like past experience of like you've done cardio and you got smaller, but we forget that when you, when you did cardio and you got smaller, you still didn't like the way that you looked and felt in your clothes because you were more like skinny fat, right? So even though you were down 40 pounds down, you still weren't in the body that you want. So you might have to do something that you've never done. But because we don't know what we need to do, it's very overwhelming. And so we were actually just talking about this in a habit masterclass with our our forever fit challengers. But we're basically talking to them like with our clients about how like if the reward isn't, you know, if it's not kind of sexy enough, if your like cues and your cravings aren't like strong enough, if it takes a lot of work, you're probably not going to do it. So you're like, well, cardio is a lot easier for me to do than like thinking about going to do a 60 minute weight training session when I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, which is like totally fair, but you still have to make sure that you're working towards that. So even if you start off by just going for a walk or going for a run, that's fine. But eventually we want to start dialing it in towards more specificity so that you're able to actually hit your goals. So Right now you're unable to break the habit loop because we have so many of these different things. So for example, like if you guys have, um, so there's a few different ones. There's normally about five that really like play effect. The first one is an appeal to authority. So this is what I was talking about in terms of like, you know, you see somebody, they're super fit. They use 10 pound weights. They take this protein. I should take this protein because they take that protein or they do it or whatever. That's going to be like the idea of like uh, appeal to authority in terms of a fallacy. Okay. So that's the first one that we see quite a bit. The second one is the false dilemma, which is basically like, I need to do cardio to lose weight. I can't do weight training or like, you know, free weights are going to make me bulky, but machines won't, for example, or like I need to take or like whole foods versus supplements. So like I need supplements in order to lose weight. Um, I can't just get that from whole foods, things like that. It tends to be like things that we like look at. The third one is correlation and causation. So for example, like a lot of times, like maybe in the past, there was a correlation of how much ice cream you consumed and the number on the scale. Okay. So like every day I would eat ice cream every day. And when I stopped eating ice cream, I, I started to lose weight. It might be the ice cream, or it might be the fact that like your ice cream just put you over calories and your other portions were already out of whack, but it was just very easy for you to take out ice cream. And that's why you were in deficit. So if every night you're eating 600 calories worth of ice cream, Yes, if you take 600 calories out of your diet, you're going to lose weight. Was it the ice cream? No, but was it a very easy thing for you to remove? Yes, and did you probably feel better? Probably, right? That's why like when people take out pop, they reduce their uh, drink consumption, things like that. All of a sudden you're gonna lose weight. It makes sense because you're not, consuming those amount of calories. If you cut out drinking, you cut out like a 1000 calories every week, right? So it's not really the the point of that survivor bias is another one. So for example, like if someone like at a gym is selling you a 12 week transformation, 
um, and they post their dramatic before and after they're basically using like the image to prove the effectiveness effectiveness of their weight loss program so like we do it a little bit too but I try not to to be honest I just I really we post before and afters but I'll be honest I don't like doing it um but like y'all need to see it so like if y'all come to a conclusion that like you'll buy a training program without seeing it then like I will stop doing it but I have if in order to help more people sometimes you have to do stuff like that. Um, the gym or the trainer is going to claim that any unsuccessful transformation was a result of the client not wanting it enough, which spares them from any scrutiny. So survivor bias is basically saying like, basically like you you can you can skew things. So for example, you guys would do this this way. So um, if you guys have ever had any trainers that done that, they're like, oh, it's the client. I never, I've actually never put bias or onus on the client ever. I've never said that it's a client's fault. I've said that they have like certain habits that they maybe like need to work on or maybe like our program wasn't right for them and like i'm good saying that because our program isn't for everybody but i would never like you know what i mean like demean a client like that um, but you guys do it a lot with yourselves and i'll answer so Alyssa has a question on instagram i'm going to answer that in just a second okay Alyssa, i'm just gonna finish this thought so the biggest thing is is like so the way that you do survivor bias is basically like the same kind of deal so for example like it's normally when you like consider like a success story but you're not really evaluating the approach and you're kind of like downplaying or straight up ignoring like anything that might have approached failing. So for example, like if you have a friend that did a weight loss program and they saw results and now you're doing it and you didn't, you're going to like point out what's different between you and them, which like that's also kind of messed up. You're like, nothing works for me tends to be the one where it's like, nothing works for you but like did you put in the work also right before we um get into the last one which is the halo effect i'm going to go over Alyssa's question so what are your thoughts on running when you're heavier i'm thinking of running or jogging but worried it would be hard on my joints i think that's actually a really good question especially when we're talking about habit loops um so i have a mixed opinion on this i have a very mixed opinion on this um so my first opinion on this is that like and i say opinion because there's always going to be facts to back up either side. So this is just out of my experience as a coach. When you are heavier, um, depends on how heavy, depends on how much body fat you have compared to muscle mass, okay? So when you have more muscle mass and you're stronger, you might find that you are okay running. You might feel comfortable running, you could be fine. Okay. Because like, for example, like just because so for me, say being comfortable is like 150. For you, it might be 200. Right. So like, just because you are technically heavier than I am doesn't make you a heavier like a heavy person. You know what I mean? So if you have more body fat, then you have muscle mass, I would probably build up some more muscle do like lower impact cardio. And then when you feel like more confident, or you're like lean down a little bit, you have more muscle mass and more engaged muscle, then I would try running again. Um, if you're someone who's been working out consistently, you have a decent amount of muscle, you just have some fat mass as well, which like totally normal. Um, and you're eating enough food, then I would try running, it really depends on why you're trying to run. Um, and what you're trying to do it is no matter what size you're at, it's pretty hard on your joints. And every step is going to be about 400 times your body weight, something crazy like that. It was like 400 two to 400 times your body weight. So the thing is plus impact, right? Plus impact on your joints and everything like that. So if you run and you don't feel comfortable, you're like, like, I don't know, my body's just like, I don't feel comfortable running. I probably wouldn't run, I would probably do like elliptical treadmill, bike, whatever else walking. And then once you're down, like, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 pounds is normally when I find like, if I feel uncomfortable running, I normally have to lose about 15 pounds. And then when I feel like I lose 15 pounds, I feel a little bit better. But again, it depends on the person. So like, again, if you have a certain number like that you or like, I don't even like saying number, but same like kind of body composition that you enjoy running at, I would kind of aim towards that and then pick up running. Running is great for cardio 
cardio. It's great for your cardiovascular health, like no shame against running, but yes, on the joints, it's going to be more like painful. So if you go for a run and you're like, Oh, I don't think we're like there yet. I would just then go work on resistance training and then come back to it. If you're running for fat loss. So it depends because some people just like to run and then some people do it for like exercise and for like fat loss or whatever. There's like different reasons why people do different things. Um, if you're doing it for fat loss, I would say that until you are working out consistently with resistance training and like doing and eating enough food, which is normally over 1400 calories, I would not go running. And the reason being is that one, um, when you run on low calories, it's very, very exhausting. Like running is tiring, guys, it's fucking tiring, right? Like it's very, very, there's a large energy output needed to run. Okay. And so when that happens, a lot of the times when you're in a fat loss phase, your goal is to be as consistent as possible for as long as possible within your deficit. So you want to make sure that you can work out like four times a week consistently, and you're not sore shit every single day. Um, You want to make sure that like you're very consistent with your diet, because you're going to be doing this for a long period of time. Um, So you could throw in like one or two running sessions a week for like 15 to 20 minutes. But I wouldn't do more than that. Once you get to the level of leanness that you want to be at, then I would add running it, then I would add like hit training, then I would add like all these kind of things. Because it's a way for you to like change up your training without like, and like also because we tend to get bored at that point. But like also normally when you start to get very lean, there's a period of time where like you can't really lift that heavy. And so like focusing on like those other kind of cardio based movements or things like that is going to be more effective or like you're going to enjoy it more. And then you can slowly increase your calories and increase your weight training and like your the amount that you're lifting. And then you can keep up with running. So I normally am like, hey, do a fat loss phase first, do like more general cardio, you can run if you feel confident in it, if you've been lifting for a while, your muscles engage, like when you run, you can feel your glutes, your core engages, your like hips and knees and ankles aren't like killing you, then go for it. Um, but most people I would say do a fat loss phase first. And like, get your muscles engaged, figure out how that feels, get some resistance training, get some habits going and then incorporate running into it. Again, if you're just doing it for cardiovascular, by all means, you can go, I would just see how your joints feel. And like, you can do different exercises to engage them to stretch all these kind of things. But I do notice that most women do find it's like, it's more comfortable after they've like, waited a bit, but it totally depends. Yeah. And again, and heavier is very like, um, it's also very selective, because you could be again, 20 pounds heavier than me, but that doesn't mean that you're heavy for you. It really just depends. So I hope that does help. I'm glad that that helped Alyssa. Um, But yeah, so like, again, there's not a right or a wrong. And you guys are going to notice like if a coach tells you like, don't do this or like do this, they're probably not a very good coach, because there's not really black and white with fitness. There's a lot of gray area. And running is a very gray area. It's just like, I like that you're coming at it from a point of like joint health, and like sustainability, because like, if you go for a bunch of runs, but then your knees kill, and you are on like a fitness or a fat loss journey or whatever, then like, you're not going to be able to work out as much. So your progress is going to be lower. But if you just want to be like a super awesome runner, then like that just might need like strengthening certain areas, stretching, doing that kind of thing. So it really just depends on what the overall goal is. So yeah, that's kind of like what I would say to that. Um, and then going back to what we we're talking about guys in terms of the, like the habit loops and things like that and breaking those habits. And again, if you guys ever have questions on the live stream, drop them down and I'll always answer them. The halo effect um, is the last one that we're talking about, which is basically which for the uh, logical fallacies for anyone who's coming in and basically like example one overtraining and exercise addiction. So like, how can you have too much exercise? You can't have too much of a good thing. Basically perceiving that certain behaviors are inherently good because they're associated with good behaviors. So this is kind of like when people are, if you, 
you get like those like health eating zealots. I freaking love them. So they're where they're like, you can't have sugar because if you have sugar, like you will burn, right? Like it's just like you will gain weight and that will be the end. And like you will spike your cortisol and then you'll never sleep, like all this kind of shit. So basically they're they're playing on the fact that you are eating healthy and it's a good thing. And so like more of it must be good. It's kind of like, guys, too much of anything is bad, right? Like too much of anything. Same with like fiber. If you eat way too much fiber, you're not going to shit for like four days. Okay. Like that's how it goes, right? So you want to eat like a pretty adequate amount. Um, if you eat, you know, if you have one of those like muscle milk things, I did this like way back when, because if any of you guys who have ADHD, I feel you. I have ADHD as well. I just learned how to manage it because I don't believe in having labels, to be honest. And also I was like, I'm going to utilize all the good parts of this. And then I'm going to manage the bad parts of this. And by bad parts, I just mean parts that don't serve me. So for example, being a squirrel brain doesn't serve me. I don't love it. Okay. I don't think it's funny when people joke about it. I don't think it's professional. I honestly just, you can say what you like, but I just don't think that that's funny. I think it just shows extreme like lack of control and like a lack of ability to like learn yourself and like figure out yourself. And it's basically an excuse to do whatever, right? Like I just, I'm not big on excuses if you guys haven't noticed. So with that being said, with like ADHD, for example, um, I have come into it a few times where I will go and eat something of like mass quantities because I really like it. And then I have to sub it out. And like, it's not a good idea because one, it can really mess up your gut microbiome. But like, for example, if someone tells me like, Hey, you're low on iron, I'm going to go eat a whole bunch of red meat, for example, or like a whole bunch of yogurt or a whole bunch of whatever. And so that can F you up because like, if you do that, then I've just eaten a whole bunch of red meat. And like my digestive system is like, that's really hard on your dick. Like, oh my God, what did you just do? That's hard on our digestive system. Like you need to chill out a bit, but like, I can't, I, I don't chill very well in the middle. So I've had to really learn that like, even when I want to go get another serving of something, cause I think it's going to be better to hold the reins back and go get something else. And then like, know that I can have that later. Like that's something that I've been actively working on. So you guys might have a bit of any of these, which is basically like, again, we have um, logical fallacies. So again, the appeal to authority, the false dilemma, correlation and causation, survivor bias, the halo effect. I'd love to know which one really hit for you guys. Because yeah, again, like a lot of the times, it really depends on what you're kind of going with in terms of like, where you're operating from. So which place are you operating from? Are you operating from the fact of like, you know, this person looks this way. And so I'm going to act in, a, in accordance to that. Are you acting in a way of like, well, I did cardio before. And so cardio must be like way better than weight loss in order to, you know, like in order to lose weight, because that's what everyone says is the best choice, right? Or correlation and causation, which is like, well, last time I lost weight, I cut out all these foods and I did a bunch of cardio. So this time I need to do the same, even though last time you forget because our brains are really good at bringing in what really like um, what we want to remember. And they don't really like the stuff that we don't want to remember. Um, but correlation, depending on the case, obviously, but correlation and causation, it's more so like, you know, I did this last time, so it must work. Then we have the survivor bias, which is basically like, well, you know, my friend lost this amount of weight, for example. And because of that, you know, I tried this program and it didn't work for me, but it's because she's actually naturally skinny and she's naturally this and blah, 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 blah. Right. So it's like, you're basically just like picking apart the other person, even if they're your friend, whatever, because you're like, well, it didn't work for me, but like they have all these traits that are either good or bad, right? Like they did this, they did this, they started themselves. They did that. That's why it didn't work for me because 
I couldn't stick to it for this because I like pizza too much. Or like if you guys have heard of the one where it's like, I could never stick to like a diet, like I love food too much. It's like, yeah, but like at the same time, it's like, no, like that's not a thing, right? Like it's like, mm, it's an excuse, right? At the end of the day, it's like, whatever. So again, this is might be why you're unable to break the habit loops with food and exercise because you have these biases. So it keeps you stuck in different loops. So if you always believe that every time you eat like chocolate, that you're going to gain weight, it's not going to be a very long time before you like, like it's going to, sorry, it's going to take you a very long time to get out of that habit and to break that habit because every time you eat chocolate, you're going to think that you're going to gain weight, right? So it's very difficult. And then because of that, you act differently. Um, I've been, so Alyssa message back says, I've been doing walking intervals at home, which has helped. Been doing it the last month, starting to move slow and build healthier habits. How much is your fitness program? So do you have any suggestions to help? I love this. Okay, so so many questions. So we'll do a little bit of a Q&A. If you guys have more questions about logical fallacies, let me know. Um, in terms of programming, Alyssa, so it just depends. Um, so we have a get started program that's like $97 per month. Um, and that's like workouts, you get your starting macros, all that kind of fun stuff. Then we also have like our forever fit program. And then so for that one, you just have to fill out an application that's on my Instagram, and that will qualify you and then we'll take a look and see if you qualify for the forever fit. We do a lot of like healing your relationship with food in that program, things like that. So just want to make sure that like what you're looking for is in the right step before I throw like what the program looks like and stuff because it's one on one coaching. Okay, so either one, do you have any suggestions to help lower LDL cholesterol levels levels are a tad high and wanting to lower them through exercise? and eating don't want to have to be on medication at 42 100 percent so with cholesterol a lot of the times when you start moving more which is great that you're already walking uh, quite a bit as well it's not going to be something that just like how it built up it's not going to be something that just goes away as i was actually just mentioning about like eating everything at the same time so the biggest thing is is that what you want to look at doing is creating a, some sort of sustainable nutritional like kind of balance so that you're not all in all out all the time, right? So we don't have periods where we're like eating healthy periods where we're eating like whatever, you guys can say whatever you want, like eating like shit, junk food, whatever like clicks best for you. I know people get like kind of triggered when you say certain words like that. But like at a certain point, there's only so like people were really getting confused when I said nutrient dense foods, I was like, Oh, my God, healthy foods, whatever, like, right. So like, if you guys get what I'm putting down, just drop some fire, let me know, because I don't want to like mess up anyone's like food mindset. But I'm also like, how many ways can I explain this, you know? So with your cholesterol, you want to find a way that you can like, I would still like eat foods that promote like reducing your uh, cholesterol, like things like, you know, oatmeal, whole grains, fiber, fiber, to, like guys, here's your longevity hack. If you want to live for a really fucking long time, 24% longer, that's how long I'm talking about. Get your fiber in like 20 to 30 grams minimum of fiber is like a really good benchmark. That is like, if you guys want like a health hack, that's like your health hack of the century. Okay. That is literally the only thing that is like really proven to be like an actual hack. Um, so for your cholesterol, make sure that you're hitting your fiber, make sure that you're drinking your water, make sure that you're eating your protein. Um, and those things alone will help overall, like just keep you consistent. Now, the cool thing is, is that when you guys have like, I would say like different methods rather than what exactly you eat, it's a lot easier to follow. So for example, if I say, hey, I'm going to hit my protein, I can eat eggs, I can eat chicken, I can eat beef, I can eat turkey, I can eat like, you know what I mean? All these things. If I'm like, I'm going to eat healthy, then like, again, you then cut yourself off, right? Like, obviously, like, I don't think we I think we all know that like a chocolate bar and an apple are going to be like, you know, which one's healthier for you? Like, I think we already know this. That's why I don't spend a lot of time talking about what foods you need to eat, because I'm like, you already know what you need to eat. The problem is you're not doing it. So the thing is, is that in terms of that, how do you get 1% closer? So maybe for breakfast, you only have a coffee. Now we're having oatmeal and a coffee. Okay, for lunch, 
maybe we only have a salad. Now we're going to have a chicken salad for dinner. Maybe we're having like pretty balanced, but then we eat a bunch of snacks at night. So maybe we're having a snack between lunch and dinner, right? So it's like one little step, but it's going to add up so that you're not all over the place. The more consistent and the more like, I think when we hear consistency, we think the same, but the more that you enjoy what you're eating every day, and the more that you're actually like being mindful of the foods that you're consuming and like what makes you feel good. Like if every day you're eating a bag of chips and you feel like shit after eating a bag of chips, maybe have a bowl of chips instead of a bag, right? Like I think the way that I've been looking at it recently, which I don't know if it's going to help you. I, I mentioned this also in our habits training is that if I'm physically able to go do it, I will go do it if I think about it. So for example, if I'm sitting at the fridge and I'm like, mm, do I want to eat strawberries or do I want to go dummy that bag of chips? I'm like, am I physically capable right now of cutting up strawberries and eating them? Yes. So I will go do it. That is literally what goes through my head right now. Because yeah, like I was a little bit getting a bit back and forth because food was starting to freak me out with how many allergies I have. It was kind of starting to freak me out. So I started having to make like those kind of decisions. So, you know, am I physically capable of going to the gym right now? Yes. So that means I'm going to go or go work out, whatever the case might be, right? If I'm really sick or if my period's like all over the place or if I'm really angry or like if I'm like just not in the state and I'm like, like, could I physically go work out right now? And I'm like, oh, no, right? Then it's different. Then I'm like, I don't want to go do that. So I'm going to go do something else that's going to make me feel fulfilled in that moment rather than going and doing that. Does that make sense? So in terms of you going back and forth right now, one message me because we definitely need to talk about your relationship with food, which is totally fine. Um, I find most women have a pretty like messed up relationship with food. Just thank you, social media, I guess. But um, the biggest thing is, is that if you're going up and down, it's because you're cutting things out too drastically. So instead of being like, I need to lower my cholesterol, I'm going to do everything that I can do in order to lower it. It's like, what can I sustain? What can I build up to? right? Like drinking water, eating oatmeal in the morning, or like maybe like a food that you know is like really good for lowering cholesterol. It's going to make you feel like you checked off that check mark, right? Like you're going to be like, nice. I got it. I drank my water. Yes. Awesome. Like water, hit your fiber, get your like steps in. That's a really good start. And then once that's consistent over the next like three or four weeks, you then can add something in. But otherwise, you're going to try and do everything at once. And you're going to get that back and forth. And you're going to be super overwhelmed. You're going to feel like you're failing. You're like, and also when it comes to health, I'm very like cutthroat with health of like, just do this. Um, and very simple and very basic because it, there's a point where like, I want to lose weight. And then there's a point where it's like, Hey, like my health is like kind of on the line. And so I don't want there ever to be like a gray area of being like, Ooh, like, you know, whatever. So again, there's flexibility of like, you can eat different foods, but it's not, uh, there's no like gray area of like, this is important. Like you need to fix this, right? Like at this point, like once your health indicators start changing, it's like something needs to change. And so like focusing on things that you can incorporate in, but things that are, aren't going to overwhelm you is very, very important because you want to be able to keep doing it. And like, if you get sick of oatmeal, for example, then like add like a whole wheat bagel. But again, if you have a mindset that you can eat bagels without seeing progress, it gets funky right? See how this shit like messes shit up? Yeah, that's why we're talking about it, right? So or like, go eat some buckwheat, whatever. Um, I don't really like that. I don't as soon as people get like really fancy, I don't really do that. I my food's pretty boring, to be honest. Yeah. And then just kind of go from there and like work through the list fruits, vegetables, whole grains, these are all really great things for you. So I hope that helps. I hope that gives you more than enough information to get started. I think you're doing a fantastic job already. Um, it's just more so making sure that it's a sustainable approach that you can like, basically keep going with and you're going to see like a lot of progress and a lot of uh, changes. 
you just have to make sure that it's something that you can sustain. And that's going to be the most important because right now you're probably in a health spot because you can't sustain your body can't sustain what you're doing. So you have to change it and just understand that it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to take longer than you think it's going to take. So if you think it's going to take like six to eight weeks to like lower your cholesterol, it's probably going to be like six to eight months of you doing this consistently. So um, when you have that expectation too, that like you're okay with it taking longer as long as you enjoy the process and like, you know, what's going to happen. So I would just go in with like, I know that I'm going to lower my cholesterol. I know that I'm going to like hit my weight loss goal, or I know I'm going to do whatever. Right. And then basically just be like, I'm flexible with the method that I get to hit there. Right. So anything goes and just make sure that you add those habits in and you should be laughing. So guys, make sure that you're following the podcast evolve and elevate on Spotify or Apple podcasts. I hope you're having the best day ever. Thanks so much for tuning in like and follow for more. And as always, if you guys have any experiences or anything that I say on the podcast that just slaps you, you're like, whoa, that helped me screenshot, share it to your stories and uh, tag me in it to, uh, to win a hundred dollar prize. So hope you have the best day ever. Thanks so much for tuning in and I will talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening. If you found value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you would screenshot and tag Samantha Mills Fitness on Instagram or leave us a review down below. If you'd like to go further in your weight loss journey with us, head over to my Instagram bio and fill out an application to get started. We'll see you in the next episode and I hope you have the best freaking day ever.